Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up guys, it's Josiah and you're listening to the Young Adults Today podcast. Hey, before we dive into today's episode, we close out 2023 and we're about to hit a brand new year. Would you consider a financial gift of any size to the ministry of Young Adults Today? You can find out more again in the link in the show notes as well as visit www.youngadults.today and click on give. Here's for today's episode. What's up, guys? We hope that you are feeling alive right now. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about really the faith of the next generation and all things reaching young adults for Christ in our world today. And we appreciate so much when you subscribe, share this episode with friends and family and teammates. And uh, we are joined by a really special guest, Michelle Apples. How's it going? Oh, so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And if you as a listener do not know who Michelle is, she's just become a dear friend over the last probably year, not even a year yet. But we've we've had conversations around the table. We've had conversations on the phone. We've just been in contact with you and love what you're doing. Love your heart. And if you don't know who Michelle is, you guys need to get to know her. Uh, so she's actually the founder and the CEO of the Christian Singles Hub. And a hub, quote unquote, is essentially designed for Christian singles to grow, get equipped and be in community. Everybody needs a little community, huh? So she's also has her own podcast, An Apple a Day. Uh, but more recently, she has married the love of her life. And she's on this new journey just of discovering. So she is fresh into marriage, two weeks in, a lot of things happening. So we are thrilled to just lean into what God has been doing in her life, in the ministry she's leading, but also her relationship with her spouse. Is this uh, the first podcast that you've done now as a wife? This is the first podcast as a wifey. I love it. <laughs> Congrats. I love it. So Josiah, let's kick it off right away. You can go right ahead. Hey, Michelle, what we'd love to do is just unpack some of your journey of life and leadership and just why are you so passionate about single young adults? Yeah, so good. Thanks for having me again. So Uh, My story is a little chaotic, a little crazy. I feel like I've lived probably a hundred lives in the 34 years that I've been on this earth, but it's been a whirlwind. So I grew up in a really small town, kind of knew who Jesus was, went to church, but it was very legalistic. I wasn't really treated great in church, basically because I was like the pretty girl that actually cared about my appearance and that I had pastors make really crude comments. Um, And just literally, I left the church at a young age being like, if this is what church is, and this is what God and Jesus is, I don't want anything to do with it. And so from there, I ran from faith. I like people would ask me to go to church, and I would run away from them, because I had so many walls up, I built so many walls to it. And then I met this amazing couple, I actually met the wife, Um, didn't know she was married at the time. She was so young. So, you know, and I was living in a big city where young people don't really get married at the age of 20 in a big city. And so, um, met her and just, there was something different about her and, and found out her husband was a pastor and it intimidated me so much, but I was like, I want to hang out with this woman. And she'd invite me to church. And I was like, 
uh, I'll go to church and then go to lunch with you just to hang out with you, but I don't really want to go. And um, because I was with her and she, she knew all the other pastors, the pastors would come up to talk to me and I'd literally want want to run away because I had so many walls built up to just church and how churches worked and um, just meeting this couple and them just pouring into my life and investing in me, asking questions, wanting to care for me and get to know me and just love me exactly who I was and where I was. And I just was like, there is something about them that I just want whatever they have. And through the years, I was able to see them go through, walk through really hard times. Um, They had twins at the time and and um, they were born as mono mono twins. So they were born in the same sack. And the chances of survival were like slim to none and just watching like the light that they still were, and the faith that they had and the hope and the joy through like such a hard time. I was like, Whoa, I want that. And so from there, they started a small group. And years later, they told me um, they started it because they felt like they needed to for me. And I, it's so beautiful to just watch, like, ever since then, I've just been sold out for Jesus. Jesus came and radically changed my life. And um, yeah, it's just been amazing to watch how much growth has happened in a short amount of time in my life. Like, most people would hear me speak or listen to what I do. And they're like, Oh, you've been a Christian your whole life. I'm like, well, not necessarily. And it just shows that like when God gives you wisdom and he just instills something in you, like anything is possible. And so from there, it's just been this crazy life um, where if God calls me somewhere, I'll go. Um, and that's like one thing that people say of me is I have a lot of faith and a lot of courage to do the things God's called me to. I've moved multiple times selling everything I've owned, packing up a suitcase and my dog and saying, okay, God, wherever you want me. Recently, about a year and a half ago, I felt him call me to the US and I'm from Canada and I was like, uh, I can only be there for six months, God, like, uh, if like, what happens after I'll be homeless if I go back to Canada. So you've got to show up like I'm trusting that if you call me there, you're gonna have everything prepared that I need along the way. And it's just been crazy and beautiful to watch how God has worked in such specific details, like two months in someone I never met in my life before that had listened to actually my podcast and found out what I was doing, talked to his board of direction directors and like paid for all my immigration. And I I never met this guy in my life. He hired me a lawyer, paid for all my immigration, paid my rent for seven months, gave me a vehicle to drive for six months. The same vehicle that was like the make model and color was spoken over me six months prior. And I was just like, Whoa, God is so specific. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I cannot believe like God's done so much in my life that I cannot believe. And it's been so beautiful and so faith building um, to watch just how, you know, when God calls you and you step out in that radical obedience, how he'll just provide everything you need on the journey. And you just have to trust and you just have to go in unwavering to him and and to what he's called you to do. So now I I started uh, this ministry back in 2020. For Christian singles, uh, I was really passionate about this because I saw the lack of spaces for Christian singles. I saw when I had renewed my faith and really like got plugged into the church, how awkward it felt as a single, how I didn't really feel comfortable talking about dating or relationships or any of the messiness that come kind of comes along with that. And how 
you know, if I talked to a guy in church, it was like I was automatically dating him or interested in him, which was just so weird. Um, or I'd see like girls on one side, guys on one side and like no one ever really like mingling. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like we're called brothers and sisters in Christ and none of us are acting like it. And yet I am I'm so passionate about my faith and and just doing it the godly way. But I don't even know what that looks like. And nobody's talking about it. And so, yeah, it just really stirred me up. And then when COVID happened, I was actually locked in my apartment for like over a year. Like in Canada, we were so locked down. And then I just saw, you know, I saw such a lack in just spaces and this desperation for community, not so much like, you know, I see this like marriage and relationships kind of being idolized, but then I also see this desperation for community. And it's like, okay, how do we seek first the kingdom, not relationships, not marriage, but also be surrounded by people who will help us to do that better. Um, so yeah, I've just been so passionate. I've seen God's hand on it every step of the way. I've seen it it is now like this global platform and I just doors are opening opportunities constantly come in and I'm like this was not what I planned to do for my with my life but you know God does what he wants to do so it's been a crazy crazy journey but I wouldn't have it any other way oh my gosh Michelle that's what I love about you the short amount of time that I've known if God says go you're like I'm ready. Like your bags are already packed. And I just, I admire that so much because I think fear is crippling in this day and age. And so many people are, I don't know if they're delaying their calling or delaying that relationship, or they're living in this form of delay because there's almost this analysis paralysis. There's so many decisions to make, but when you do seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added onto you. And I think so many times if we keep our eyes on God, who is the prize, it's not a relationship. It's not the church. Mm -hmm. It's not those are all elements. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I love even in Isaiah when it says, okay, Lord, here I am, send me here. I am. Mm -hmm. Send me. And when you're ready to go and you have a willing heart and hands and feet that want to further God's kingdom and create opportunities for others to help like fulfill a need that you see that's lacking. And, And people do this all the time. Like you look at entrepreneurial people, you look at business people, you look at people who want to do investments in people's businesses or come alongside people. And I think for that gentleman who even offered to do all those things for you, to pay, get a car and pay for your rent and cover all these fees and charges. It's like he, he saw your dream and he made it his own and he was able to fund that in very unique ways. And I would just be curious, Michelle, even just taking it one step deeper of how you've put together um, your business and how you've put together, um, because it's an LLC. So how you've put together this and created the heartbeat around Christ, but to create opportunities. So what is your hope when you do create those opportunities for young adults to gather? Like ultimately, like what is your goal? What is your approach? And what have you seen God doing even in the last year and a half? Yeah, I I love that you asked this question because it's definitely been a struggle. You know, it's like you look at dating these days and it's so worldly, like it's so about the world. It's so done in worldly ways. And, and then when you attend one of my retreats that I host or put on, it's like you see the impact of God, you know, and, and so our ministry really started online. And now I see it transitioning to more in-person stuff because I see like the fruit from the in-person stuff where this online almost facade is like people hiding behind screens and like being able to, 
um, not act so God honoring. Whereas like when you get people in person and you actually get to hear their hearts and actually get to minister to them and actually get to instill hope into them and call them like, like Jesus came and called things as though they were not as they were in that moment. And that's what I hope to do is like, Hey, like, it's not even about singleness or dating or marriage. It's about, Hey, I want you to live and live in that abundance that Jesus offers. And I love that you talk about like, there's this fear that cripples people. And I'm like, if people come to my retreats or spaces that I offer, I want them to be so expectant of what God's going to do. I want them to be full of faith. I want them to have hope that God can do the impossible in their life, just like he did in mine. Um, And so really, yeah, it's in this weird transition because we did so much online. um, And now I've seen so much fruit within person that we're, yeah, we're transitioning it. So yeah, I think my hope is just that they experience that abundance that Jesus offers. They experience the fullness of him um, and that it doesn't become about, oh, I want to go to the singles event because I may meet my husband or wife because that's so many people's mentality. Like I've had so many people come to the retreat and their mentality was, I'm going to go and meet my wife or my husband. And I've had people come up to me. I didn't meet my husband, but I met Jesus. And that was so much better. And I'm like, amazing. Like that's what I want. And, you know, there's just so much, uh, just freedom in him. And so, yeah, I think that's my hope for when we create spaces is like that we put aside our like desires, like for things that he can provide for us. Absolutely. I mean, I just got married two weeks ago. Marriage is a beautiful thing, but it was so beautiful to watch how my husband and I were both just seeking God ferociously. And that's what attracted us to each other. And now it's like, I married him because I know that together we are actually better, you know, two are better than one. Well, yes, if you marry the right person, two are better than one. If you marry the wrong person, two are not better than one. Right. And, and that was, like a huge fear of mine for a long time and how I sort of knew who he that he was the one was when I could honestly look at him and say my life is going to be better the kingdom is going to be advanced because I'm marrying this man and together we can do more than if we're apart come on yes that's what every single young adult needs to hear so they don't find themselves in the world of settling and ultimately choosing the settlement in some ways could be hell on earth versus furthering God's kingdom and living in cadence with Christ, right? Like I always think of a tandem bike. Like I think of like, okay, Josiah's in the front, I'm in the back. I'm going to let him lead and I'm going to follow. But there's this, there's this dual effort that needs to take place. And it's a mutual submission of, of us to the Lord, but also each other. And when you're riding in tandem with the Lord and with your spouse, it's like, we're unstoppable. Like if God is for us, who can be against us? And I think so many young Mm -hmm. adults, find themselves in that dating limbo, or they find themselves in a wrong relationship, marriage or maybe not. When one person is putting the brakes on, one's trying to steer and they're not on the same team. Like we're on the same bike, but we're not on the same team right now. Like we can agree Mm. disagree, and still go in the same direction, even when it doesn't make sense. But when we're not living in obedience with God and we're choosing certain decisions along the way, it's going to feel like a train wreck trying to ride a bike. I mean, the bike mm. never splits off into two and you just take off. Like when two become one, it's, it is beautiful. And it's like, okay, Lord, we're just trying to keep up with you because you are doing so many amazing things. And we just want to be on the same page in cadence with you and on fire for Christ. But well, and we see it in scripture that one can chase a thousand, but two can chase 10,000. And mm-hmm. there is the two becoming one. And yet the picture that I get at the same time is synergy. 
oh, a Christian good. relationship when Christ is at the center, mm-hmm. it's it's one plus one actually equals three. Like that's kind of the definition of synergy that two are better than one, that two can chase 10,000, that somebody has your back and so many different directions that we could even go with that. But to go back a step, something that you brought up about the model of the Christian singles hub, Michelle, is that online is actually an on-ramp to in-person. And Mm, I think that in, in the church space, we work with a lot of churches and young adult leaders and ministries and even on college campuses. And I just want to say for the leader that online and in-person are not mutually exclusive. Online isn't the end. It's a means to an end, which, I mean, we have friends who found Jesus during the pandemic, like you're describing, Mm -hmm. and he changed everything in their life. And they first connected with God, maybe through some online ministry, Mm -hmm. but then that led them into the local church, into a community. And Mm -hmm. I think how you said it Mm -hmm. so powerfully right out of the gate this morning, that when you had a pastor and his wife come into your life and the power Mm -hmm. of community and for this other individual, how your needs became their needs. And it was this beautiful picture of the acts to community sharing together everything in common. But I really want to double down on that for the leader of Uh, for the listener to not be afraid of online, whether it's ministry or reaching people of outreach, because it can be a really incredible way, not just a marketing tool, but actually a ministry tool. Mm -hmm. And it can lead people to a gathering. It can lead people into community. But a huge question, like, let's just say for the young adult who moved to a new city, Mm -hmm. and they're on a Saturday night, typing into Google church near me. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we occupy the, the digital spaces yeah. mm-hmm. and have a footprint mm-hmm. that allows people to find a breadcrumb that can pull them into community. And, and really then the follow-up question to that is for the single person listening, whether they find themselves discouraged, maybe they're just getting out of a relationship, hoping to get in a relationship. Maybe they're single mm-hmm. longer than they had anticipated in life, but how can we, encourage the listener today, Michelle, to get the most out of every opportunity, like Paul talks about Mm -hmm. in Ephesians. Uh, How can we get the most out of singleness while making Mm -hmm. wise, godly decisions in the process? Yeah, that's so good. Um, Yeah, I think for singleness, like Paul says it best, is singleness is a gift. And I've really even noticed just being in marriage uh, for two weeks, but obviously being engaged before that, being in a relationship, how much now I have to fight for my time with the Lord, you know, where before when I was single, like, like during COVID, I spent hours in my Bible every morning, I didn't have anywhere to be, I had no one to take care of, like, it was such a beautiful season, a beautiful time um, to take advantage of that. And I feel like people don't take advantage of their singleness, um, where they're at. And I think there's so there, like, there's a gift of that. And I know people hate saying that because it's almost used too much out of context of like, no, take it, you know, singleness is a gift, singleness is a gift. And I'm like, I get that, but it truly is like, you have undivided time to the Lord. Like you have time to really like work on your calling, your giftings, your purpose. Like what has God called you to? Um, and just step into all the things. It's like, 
I, I just know if I would have got married 10 years ago, I would not be doing all the things that God has called me to do. Um, yeah. And now it's like I was able to meet someone who was like encouraging in that. And really, like, I know that my ministry isn't going to be hindered by the fact I'm married. It's actually going to help me. Um, but if I never had a ministry because I never focused on God, I was just dwelling on the fact I was single and I wanted a spouse, wanted to be married. I wouldn't have you know, started this ministry, I wouldn't have traveled the whole world, I wouldn't, you know, do all the things that I'm doing right now. And so, you know, just really, yeah, get into the word, seek first the kingdom, there is something like, it like it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all else will be added to you, yeah. not seek first dating, not seek first marriage, I think so many people idolize marriage, that they don't actually take advantage of their singleness, like form those friendships that are amazing. Like I actually just went to Baltimore and one of the girls got engaged, but they're all single and they do family dinner every week and they're in community and they're all, you know, uh, in different ministries in different ways in their community and they're making impact in their city. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is how singleness should be. And um, the number one thing I've heard from people who have been in our community that then went on to get married is, is, man, I wish I would have just enjoyed my singleness more rather than just like wishing for the next season or like just kind of sitting in my singleness, dwelling on the fact that I'm not married. And so, you know, if that tells you anything, it's like marriage is a beautiful season, but so is singleness. And so, yeah, just really take advantage of whatever season that you're in, whatever your relationship status is, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, like take advantage of that single, that season, because God wants to do something right here, right now, not tomorrow, once I get married, but today. And so, yeah, just seek him and, and let him work in your life. Well, I think that's so good. I think you even shared like your story when you had met Douglas, like you guys were ready for each other because you said the word you were ferociously seeking God Let's go. and you were on fire for him. And I think that is truly like people are saying, what's the best part about being married to Josiah? Like, what's the best part? And like, everybody thinks like, once you get married, yeah, then we can have sex. And I'm like, yes, but you know what? Outside of intimacy with the Lord and each other, my favorite thing to do is sit in church and be able to worship the Lord next to my best friend. Like there is mm -hmm. something so special when you see a God or a man fearing God, a man honoring God, a man worshiping mm -hmm. God, and you get to call that man your spouse. Like to me, that's one of the most attractive qualities is, is not the outward appearance, but the condition of the heart. It's like, I'm going to seek God and I'm going to chase after him. I'm going to, we there's no room for failure. We're not going to fail because God's on our side. And what we deem as failure is only an opportunity for us to grow, learn, and be stretched. And I think sometimes we only focus on what we don't have. Like I don't have this. I don't have that. And I was a personal trainer and people would say to me like, Micah, I don't, I want to eat all these things. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I'm like, okay, let's focus on what you should be eating, what you can be eating and how you should be integrating healthy decisions. And I think that's even into the relationship world when you're single, dating, even engaged, like there's a privilege once you get married. There's a covenant that's being made. If you truly want to live a first or a New Testament biblical marriage, you will honor God with your body, with your mind, with your soul in ways um, that you need to protect until the night of your wedding. And I think sometimes we we think the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> So when you're single, yeah, you yeah. have to be married. And then when you're married, you're like, marriage is amazing. But like you said, 
I really have to fight for that quality time with the Lord. And it's not that I'm choosing, you know, having to make all these different choices. It's still, I choose God. Like it, and in mm-hmm. relationship, I think we forget, we, we start to elevate our spouse above the Lord, our career above the Lord. But when we're single, it's like, God, God, God. And I would even encourage, and I've been challenged by this within the last year of when you're single, you should be praying for your future spouse. You should be coming mm-hmm. the person in your singleness that you hope to be when you meet the person that when they come across your path and you meet them or introduce to them. And I think when I was single, I was praying fervently for the, like for the Lord to open up doors of opportunity. God, I pray that you'd watch over my spouse, wherever he's at, whatever he's doing, that you'd protect him, guide him, lead him, give him wisdom, knowledge, discernment. And then all of a sudden he's in your life. And then you you're waking up to him every day, every night, we're doing ministry together and you stop praying as intensely as I, this is my, me personally, as I once was now that I have it. So sometimes like, oh, got it, check. It's like, no, the prayer should still be there. The uplifting Mm -hmm. part should still be there. The honoring should still be there. And I think when you're so close to something that you once desired that you now have, you almost come desensitized to what a gift they are every day, Mm -hmm. not just when you don't have it. So I would just encourage the listener, if you're single, start praying for your future spouse. If you do have your spouse and you are married, pray just intensely as you would if you didn't have them, mm-hmm. <laughs> that God would protect mm-hmm. them and protect their eyes and their heart that you date each other. And, well, and I don't know, I'll, I'll I just think there's so in. many things. I would just say that it's possible for somebody listening. It's really two possibilities. Mm-hmm. If you're single and marriage is part of God's plan for your future, and that's something that you desire, the hypothetical person that you're you're going to marry, they're, they're living. If you do the math, the age gap is such that they're alive right now today in 2023, 2024. So it falls into two camps. Either, you know, them or you don't know them, but it's quite possible that they are right in front of you. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of times I see this where people are chasing the elusive spouse or they're chasing the elusive purpose And let's just talk about marriage or parenting or family for a second. People are chasing something elusive as if it's a destination to arrive upon instead of a a journey to be embraced and embarked upon. Mm. I see a lot of people with a spouse and with a family that are still really discontent, but if they would open up their eyes to what's right in front of them that they've been praying for their whole lives. But I think it's just the Thank you, God, for today. Right. And that heart of gratitude to say, you know what? I'm alive. There's breath in my lungs, whatever season, come what may. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to be grateful for. And I think that whether it's friends or community or a job or a roof over our heads, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be grateful for in any and every season of life. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's what Paul's writing about when Mm -hmm. he says the secret to being able to do all things is finding contentment in Christ in every season. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. And uh, you know, I just think of like the Bible, like before Jesus did a lot of things, he said, like, I thank you. Like, and he expressed gratitude and that's why we need to do it. And like, you know, it's so beautiful that we get to live, we get to breathe, we get to be on this earth. 
And when you approach everything, um, you know, and I had a hard conversations lately with some single people that like everything was a negative, everything was a negative. I'm like, no, 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 we need to renew our minds because life is a gift. And every day we get to be grateful for where God has us today, wow. not tomorrow, not 10 years from now, but today, like, what does God want to do in and through us today? Let his will be done. Like, I think so often we're almost like trying to control everything and like, hold on to things so tight. And it's like, no, let your will be done because your mind is larger than my mind. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your capacity is greater than mine. So I may have it in my head of it's going to happen this one way, but God can do anything at all times. Like he is everything. And so, yeah, I love that you mentioned just that thankfulness aspect of it. Just being thankful exactly where you are today for whatever it is God has laid at your feet to do, to walk into. Yes. And Michelle, we know that like, since you're married, I know it's only been two weeks Um, but there's a lot of life happening in and around you. And I know that you have been dreaming big. You've been praying big. You have an amazing spouse. We've been able to meet him and we just absolutely love you guys and adore you and just know that you are together for such a time as this, like God has orchestrated your relationship so divinely, even just as an outsider looking Mm -hmm. in, it's like, yes, like, thank you, Lord, that they waited and didn't settle along the way because otherwise you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be where you are. Like you had already said something like that. So I would just be so curious now that you're married, has your approach, or do you think that your approach in what you've been doing and reaching young adults is going to have an opportunity to kind of change or pivot just because of your relationship status has, has moved on to marriage? Yeah, I think in many ways it will. And actually, this has been spoken over me a few times that my ministry is going to look night and day different in a year's time that I won't be able to recognize it. So I know change is coming. I sense change is coming. I don't know exactly what that change looks like right now. But I mean, if you look at even just since I started this ministry and where it's gone, I've had to pivot a lot in a lot of different ways. And I think that's like the number one thing is like not having, again, your hands so tightly wound that you're not open to what God wants to do. You're just knowing like what you think you want to do or what you think is going to happen, but not actually be open to where God wants to take things. And so um, I've learned that like, this is probably going to pivot 10 more times. Let's be real. Like God pivots things so quickly. And, and like, even now it's like, we were so much online and now I'm saying like, we're focusing more to in-person stuff. And like, there's a pivot there and there's a shift and it's like our all our energy and time and focus now can't be just online because now there's a shift and there's a there's a pivot happening. So yeah, I definitely see it starting to shift. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but um, I just know that you know I was single. Now I'm not single. Now I have different wisdom and different ideas and and things that are will happen. And now he's a, a part of it in some aspects. So it's definitely going to shift. I just don't know exactly what that looks like and just kind of hands open to whatever God wants to do. Man, the holding things loosely is, uh, it's a little bit of a surrender moment, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. not even just compromise with God Mm -hmm. or negotiating. It's, it's the opening our, our closed fists and that exercise of surrender and and holding things loosely of recognizing that he's freely given it all to us. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to really call us to a posture of openness and open hands. 
And I think that for all of us, we just, what I'm learning in this year right now is we just need to hold it all loosely mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't belong to us. I, I like the language mm-hmm. that this is God's and he's entrusted it to us mm-hmm. for we're temporary stewards of, you know, we're eternal beings living a temporary human experience in the existence Seriously. on planet earth. And so with it, yeah stewardship that we're going to be called to have some dominion and power, but we're, we're underneath the good shepherd. And so uh, all authority has been given and entrusted from God. It comes from him. And uh, there is some exciting things that, you know, that are coming. And one of them's a tour. Talk about um, what you're able to, or what you're willing to yeah. the coming year tour. Yeah, so good. So one of the biggest things like I'll I'll say um, is just when we talk about not settling, there's so much importance of that. And I I realized that actually um, quite early on in our relationship. So um, I was we have a prayer closet um, at the house and and I was in there one day and I really felt God speak to me about that I was going to do more in-person events in different regions throughout the U.S. And actually before that, um, Douglas had a vision um, of, you know, like on the plane, like screens, and it has like the airplane going to destinations. And he said he saw this like red, like this flag being planted in Nashville, but then all these arrows shooting out to different regions. And of course, I didn't know what that meant at the time. And then I'm, I felt like I was supposed to take a month solely off and just spend time with the Lord. And so I did in April and um, was in the prayer closet one day and really felt that I was going to do different events in different regions and just gatherings and community. And no joke, a week later, I go to church and someone who does not know what I do at all came out and spoke the exact same thing over me, um, just about that we were going to travel. I was going to travel a lot. It was me at the time. I wasn't engaged, wasn't married. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll do it. But you're going to have to show me the blueprints. You're going to have to show me what this looks like, because I don't know how you want me to execute this. And, um, and then again, another time I was in the prayer closet and something that had actually come up to me about eight to 10 months before came up again. And I had brushed that off at the time because I was single and I was like, yeah, okay, me, me doing that by myself. I don't know. Um, but you know, just kind of just knew it wasn't the time for that. And so I was in our prayer closet and just really felt, um, about going on an RV tour, um, across the States and hosting different events and, and, um, and Douglas had come in and again, we're not engaged. We're not married. We kind of had those conversations. We knew it was heading in that direction, but at the time we weren't, um, engaged and, and just kind of expressed this idea to him. And his immediate response was, let's pray about it. That sounds amazing. Let's pray about it. And like that to me meant so much. It showed me that he wasn't going to hinder the calling. And when I felt God say to do something, he wasn't going to hinder that, but he was going to go and actually spend time with God and pray about it. And that to me meant so much at the time of like, okay, this is what life could be with this person is someone that encourages um, someone that um, goes and actually prays to God about it doesn't just brush it off or, or say like, Oh, that's unrealistic, you know, because if it's in your capacity, it's probably not from God, like, let's be real. And so 
Um, he talked to his boss literally two, two days later and his boss was like, that's amazing. You should absolutely go and do it. Which was just another confirmation of like, okay, got like there, there's something here. Um, and so we're going on an RV tour, uh, across the entire United States. We have 82 stops, 48 States for one full year. Um, and it's crazy, uh, that Micah, you talked about that. I would already have my bags packed because we already have our bags packed and we're not even leaving yet. And it's really just this preparation, like, you know, something's about to happen, and you feel God calling you to it, and he's confirmed it. And we feel so much peace about it. But we're not quite there yet. But we're ready at any point of time, like we haven't rented out our our home yet. And so that's kind of what we're waiting on. We just bought an RV, we're currently going to be renovating it um, to just make it our home for the next year. But we have our house ready to go. We have our bags packed that at any point, someone can, if someone comes in and says, we need this place tomorrow, we're good to go. We're ready to go. And that's that preparation of like, when you feel God calling you to something like, and you know, it's going to happen, like, start preparing for it. Whenever he says go, like start preparing because you you want to be ready at ev- at any point that he says go. And so that's really us where we're ready to go and and it's going to be beautiful to watch just how God works and we've just seen already doors open and we've had churches reach out asking us to speak at a, at youth events and stuff and I'm like never saw me doing that but okay, sure. Like, you know, and so we're just expectant of what God's going to do on this um on this 12-month tour, and we don't really know exactly what it looks like at this point, but we just know that if God's called us to, then he is going to do whatever he wants to do, and we're just going to walk into that and just obey him into whatever that looks like. There's a certain amount of ambiguity <laughs> in the call of God, and here's what I mean is when you study the call of God, mm-hmm. he what he told Abraham is, I'm calling you to a place, and I'll show you when you get there. So that means there's going to be some obedience steps of faith, not blind steps, but knowing that God's going to point us in a direction. Mm-hmm. And maybe when, when we've arrived or the next stop on the tour to borrow that word, he's going to show us when we get there. And I remember I was having a conversation um, with a friend of mine, Pastor Adam Weber in South Dakota. And he, I just shared with him the vision that God had given me. I've seen tens of thousands of young adults reach for Christ. And he goes, huh, that kind of sounds like passion with Louis Giglio. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, sort of, maybe, I don't know. And he's like, well, that might be the 10-year vision that God's given you. My encouragement to you, Josiah, would be ask God a follow-up question. What's my next step today? Mm. What's my next step for this season? Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of us maybe do get a peek a glimpse, a vision, a dream. Maybe it's even just an idea of what could be or what should be or what might be in the future to come, whether it's marriage, a family, a business, Mm -hmm. um, a ministry, whatever it is, there might be an idea or a a dream given by the dream giver who's God. Well, and and that could be a great big picture to kind of set in that direction. But okay, what's the next thing to do today. Maybe it's getting out of debt. Maybe Mm -hmm. what's the next thing to do? Maybe it's starting a prayer closet. What's the next step? Okay. Well, maybe it's, you know, starting a small group community or, or starting a podcast or, okay, maybe it's meeting with somebody who has a podcast to learn a few tips or to learn some processes or to take, to take a class, to finish a degree, to apply for the job, 
to, you know, research, whatever it is. But I think that we can't be crippled or paralyzed by the big picture and left in a state of doing nothing. Mm -hmm. God really loves activity Mm -hmm. and productivity, especially when it's not just us coming up with ideas alone, but praying, God, would you show me the next steps? Would you show me my assignment today? Would you show me who to align with? And I just think that it's, it's a fun process and a journey and you guys inspire us with the, the year long tour. It's going to be epic. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Well, I think just to take off that Josiah, like I think so many times we go to God with our agenda and then we're mad that he doesn't deliver how or when we think he should. And I yep. think when there's an immediate obedience factor, if God says it, he's going to do it. But you need we need to do our part as humans, right? And I love that your, your bags are packed. You're ready to go. And that's where I think the Bible says, like, be ready in and out of season. Like, mm-hmm. be ready for it. So we can be a Proverbs 31 wife. When the days of trial do come, why can we laugh? Because we're ready for it. We're rooted mm-hmm. in God. We're rooted in the word. We saw coming 10 miles away, not 10 feet at our doorstep when it arrived. Like we were ready for it. And I think sometimes we we get disappointed, right? So I just want to say for the listener, if you feel disappointed in God and he has not met your expectations, wow. Like I would encourage you surrender, probably repent (laughs) and just do a personal inventory of like God. And I ask myself, ask myself this very frequently, Lord, where am I choosing to fall short? Because we all mm-hmm. fall short of the glory of God, right? Like, let's just put that out there. We all fall short of the yeah. glory of God. But if I'm upset about God that I'm not as smart in the Bible as I want to be, where am I choosing to fall short? Oh, I'm not choosing to memorize Bible verses. I don't have accountability partners. I'm not even reading the Bible daily. Okay, there's a problem. So being able to do a self-inventory of like, that's me choosing to fall short. That's a good example. Or, you know, just like, oh, I'm choosing to fall short in my health and my health journey. Okay, well, what am I putting in physically in my body? Am I exercising? So even just recognizing, like, even in a season of singleness, dating, married, engaged, wherever you're dreaming and praying for, there has to be a part of our lives that we're choosing to fall short, meaning that we need to get up off the couch and start Mm -hmm. actively seeking that thing or that route. Because if God can trust us with the small things, he's going to trust us with the larger things. So if God can trust you with that small group and you desire to be a pastor someday, it may be 10 years down the road, maybe five years down the road, but are you praying and prepping in the process of prioritizing God above all else? Because he will never disappoint. He won't. I promise you, he will not disappoint. You may feel disappointed along the way with those mile markers, but it'll be so much more beautiful and better when you get there because he's saving you from something or maybe from yourself along the way. And, um, I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but that was just a random thought that I did not yeah. have prepped. <laughs> I, yeah. I just want to add to that. Actually, one of the things like I saw very early on when I met Douglas is, um, I had opened his office closet and there was all these like books on dating, on marriage, on, uh, being engaged, uh, like spiritual books, like And I had looked at him and said, like, have you read all these? He's like, yeah, I have. And I was like, oh, this guy's ready. This guy's been preparing. Like, he is ready for that. And so it's like, if I'm going to get into this dating relationship, I have to understand that he's ready for marriage. Mm -hmm. And it was so beautiful. It's like, he's done the work. 
you know, and I had also done the work. And so it's like, then you have two people who have done the work coming together. And instead of one healthy individual and one unhealthy individual, you have two healthy individuals chasing God and, and then you align and you get married and it's beautiful thing because you're already healthy and you don't have to do all this extra like work while, when you get married. And it just goes to like what you're saying of like, where are you choosing to fall short? If you desire to get married, if you desire to be dating, like, what do you need to work on today? Like, I have so many people that come to me and they say, I desire to be married. I'm like, if you got married right now, it'd be a mess. Like, okay, let's like pick it up a little bit, you know? And it's just the honest truth of like, there's things you need to work on in your singleness so that your marriage is actually healthy when you get there. And so I love that you're saying that, like take inventory. Where do I need to buckle up? If I constantly live in a state of chaos and my house is disgusting all the time, you think anyone wants to walk into that? No, they don't. Like, let's be real. If you're financially like, in debt all the time, you have crazy spending habits. Like the most beautiful thing was like, when I walked into marriage with Douglas, I truly felt we were both walking into an inheritance by marrying each other. Like together, we were better. Together, we had more money. Together, we could do more. He we, he had rental properties and I had cash flow. Together, we can do more. Amazing. Like, and because we were both good stewards of the things that walking together into marriage, like we had more than had less. Like if I was to walk into marriage and had, you know, been a great steward to my money and now I'm marrying someone who's a poor steward of their finances and in so much debt, it's like now I'm going down instead of going up together. And so- I love that you said that, like take inventory, like what do you need to work on right now in your singleness to actually prepare you for a healthy marriage when you do get there? Yes. Two of the books that I would just jump in and because you talked about opening Douglas's closet and hey, or seeing his bookshelf or whatever and, and saying like, have you read these? which is a great question to ask anyone who has books. Like, are these just decorations or <laughs> post about these on Instagram or do you read books? And uh, I, I I think that two of the best ones that I've come across, number one would be Timothy Keller's The Meaning of Marriage. And he was a pastor who just passed this, this last year in 2023, but he was a pastor of a large church in New mm-hmm. York City. And his congregation was like 85 or 90% single young adults. And he wrote the meaning of marriage for young adults wanting to understand that the Bible begins with marriage and ends with marriage. Marriage is God's idea. So meeting a marriage. And then the second would actually be Micah's the worth the weight journal. And um, four things that she noticed that young adults were not doing were praying, Mm -hmm. fasting, reading scripture, and then journaling. And so the worth the weight journal is a 52 week devotional and journal that you write to your future spouse Mm -hmm. and present to them on the night of your wedding. And so we'll link to both of those in the show notes and we'll link to the Christians dating Christian singles Hub. uh, hub tour 2024 in the show notes as well. But one of the questions we love to ask every guest, Michelle, is why they believe young adult ministry and discipling, reaching the next generation for Christ is so vital. How would you answer that? Yeah, I mean, any like anytime you can reach people for Christ, it's amazing. But actually investing into young people. I mean, I just know like my upbringing was not great. And if I would have had you know, the pastors that I had spoken of that were sewing into me at such a younger age, 
how much more I would have done for the kingdom at such an earlier point in my life. Um, but instead I had, I had the opposite experience. And so I just truly believe in like what you guys are doing. And I just like the the way that you love people and you pour out wisdom and you meet people where they're at is truly so beautiful. Um, so yeah, I just want to give kudos to you guys for, for what you do, because it's truly amazing and it's truly needed. And, and I think that all the time we come, there's so many people that come from broken homes and I am one of them. And like, to know that you have people on your side, to know you have people cheering you on, to edify you, to encourage you, to call out the giftings and the talents that God has instilled in you. If we can do that at a younger age to people, like how much better the kingdom is going to be better off because we have people who now know their worth, know their identity in Christ, because people like you are pouring into them from an early age when they might not have that anywhere else. And so, yeah, I absolutely love just when people are just reaching people for Jesus. It's, it's clearly amazing, like what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks for saying that. We love that. And we just want to see like, just saying that we want to see people discover health early on in life, health, happiness found in Christ. And just like you said, like if we can get people in their early twenties or in their late teens and get them connected to Christ, church and community, that's what we want to see. Like that's where things are going to be birthed. And that's where relationships happen. That's where breakthrough happens. That's where all these different Mm. things can happen. The sky's the limit seriously in that realm. And that's why we're created. And it's, we're designed for those things. We're designed to do life together and to lean in one step deeper. Michelle, we have five minutes on the clock. Are you ready for the five and five? So yes. five minutes on the clock, five questions. So the audience can get to know you a little more, but here is question number one. What is a hobby that you enjoy for fun? Yeah. I love the outdoors. Just being in God's creation is so amazing. Whether that's hiking or going for walks or, um, I've spent time like climbing mountains and I used to live in Vancouver and it's just like, you see God's creation and you're just blown away by the beauty and majestic side of it. So yeah great i love it that's mm-hmm. inspiring okay couple weeks in what is one uh thing that you've already learned about marriage yeah i mean it's only been two weeks but the better you can learn to communicate when you're dating and engaged the better off you're going to be in marriage i see things that like should be like large hiccups just be so seamless because we both have a gift of communication and learn that really early on in our dating relationship, just to call things out when they need to be called out and talk about them to fight the problem, not the person, mm-hmm. um, because it's just going to be so much smoother uh, in marriage if you can learn to do that before you get to marriage. Okay. I have never heard anybody say fight the problem, not the person. It's that is so stinking good. Anyway, here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, Michelle, what would you ask us? Yeah. What is the biggest lesson you learned from being like single going into um, marriage? You want to go? Sure. I think that, man, um, there's a lot there. Uh, For us, it's been a little over six years, but I would say one of the things that I've learned is a core value that I have and I think we share and it's to become a student of each other. And mm-hmm. if you think about like education, I've, I always grew up loving school, looking forward to a new classroom, a new year, a new level of education, whether it was elementary, middle school, high school, junior college or community mm-hmm. college, 
undergrad, grad school, uh, I want to be a lifelong learner. But one of the classes that I hope to always be enrolled with is a student of God's word and a mm-hmm. student of what he has to say and just always teachable. And then I think it's similar with Micah. I hope to one day earn the equivalent of a PhD in her uh, <laughs> studying. What are her habits or idiosyncrasies or just rhythms? What are the things that she may not even know about herself, but I'd be able to look at a menu and say, you know what? I think I could order for us if she chose not to open her mouth, like things like that. Sushi. Things, it's always sushi. But things that are major too, like uh, I, I think that we have the opportunity through marriage to get to know Christ better mm-hmm. and to get to know each other better. And so I hope to always be a student of Micah. Oh, that's sweet. Thanks, babe. Oh man, I think we talk about this quite frequently, but it's a blessing and sending. And I think it's like when one of us is traveling to be able to bless and send the other, and now there's children involved. It's an opportunity for the girls to bless and send me or for us to send dad. So I think just even the adopting some of the things because ministry or form of ministry can look and become very messy when you have a family unit or feel very isolating in some ways, like how kids perceive it. So even in marriage, like recognizing, like we get a bless and send and we don't, we don't have to, like we get to, and that's an honor and a privilege to take the gospel everywhere we go and live that out. And in addition to that, I think that there's always going to be a he, a she, and a we in our marriage So there's always going to be Josiah, myself, and then there's the we factor. And when we can bless each other and say, you know what? You're a little stressed out. I don't think you've had a guy time. Like I would love to like bless and send you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, go watch the twins play, go watch a game, go out for supper with the guys. And I think when you, when you realize like you you don't need to be with your spouse 24 seven, even though some people Mm -hmm. can't do that and do enjoy that. There's a side where it's like, no, you still need healthy male figures and healthy female figures in our life that we can do life with others outside of our marriage. But we always know who they're with. It's not like this weird thing, but the blessing and sending in the he, she, and the we, I think is vital to know that I need me time, girl time. He needs guy time and alone time Mm -hmm. and not feel like, you don't want to spend time with me. It's like, no, that's not the thing. Like I'm not about playing games. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can communicate, let the person know what you want, what you need, what you desire early and upfront before you feel like the person is the problem <laughs> versus yeah. doing the problem, not the person. So I love that you even went there. So, so good. Back to you, Michelle. Uh, the fourth of the five in five is What's one stop on the tour that you're just really excited to visit? Maybe it's somewhere you've never been before. Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we're we're both really excited to hit up like a lot of national parks. Um, just because like there's just something again about God's creation. And like the USA is so beautiful and so diverse. Like you can go to Moab, Utah and see like the delicate arches and it'd be the most amazing thing. Or you can go to California and see like, you know, the ocean, or you can go to Washington and see like mountains and it's just so beautiful and so diverse and God's creation is just amazing. So yeah, I think seeing like the national parks because they all look so different and but there's just so, something so majestic about it. That's great. Okay. Fifth and final question. If you could leave the listener with any word of wisdom or advice today, what would you want to encourage them with? 
Yeah, I think my my motto in our in our ministry is just Matthew 6:33, seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added onto you. Like honestly, without without Jesus, like I couldn't do what I do. Without Jesus, my marriage wouldn't be how it is. Like Truly, like at the end of the day, like the first thing we do in the morning is like go to prayer, you know, even this morning before we get on this podcast, Douglas, like, hey, I want to pray over you before you go on this podcast. And like, it's truly beautiful that like, we're both running hard, like, you know, before anything this morning, Douglas is in his Bible. And like, it's just so beautiful to really seek first the kingdom, whether that's you're single, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, like whatever season you're in, like, truly, like God is worthy to be sought after. Like it's truly like to just get to know him intimately, to spend time in his presence is is an honor and it's a gift. And like, we take that for granted, I think, because it's so easily like we can do it, right? Whereas like, if you think of a lot of people, they can't just publicly like seek Jesus. Right. And so just to, to take that as it, like with the depth and the weight that comes with it, it's like, well, that's an honor. It's an honor that we get to go to prayer and actually spend time with our heavenly father. It's an honor that we get to read his word and learn about him and learn the depths of who he is and why he does what he does. And, you know, it's, it's truly beautiful when we can just really seek him and get to know him better. And life is so much better. Like, you have anxiety go to jesus he says do not be anxious if like if you're going through heartbreak go to jesus he says he's close to the brokenhearted like he fulfills so much that like there's so much chaos in this world that we're living in and like so many of the all of the answer is jesus like if you spend time in his presence and and just still yourself and just soak in his presence and it's the best thing that you can do whatever it is that you're going through i absolutely love that Spending time with Jesus, make that a priority. Number one, absolutely. And do it today. Do it I would today. just say like, yes. whether you're driving, working out at home, in your car, wherever you're at, um, do what Michelle just said, like mm-hmm. find a, a place and a space, create that breathing room, that resting place, that margin, mm-hmm. even this morning, this evening, this afternoon, yep. wherever you're at, um, before you go to sleep tonight, Take some time to put some worship music on, maybe sit in silence, open God's word, mm-hmm. dwell with him and abide with him. And Michelle, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today on Young Adults Today. Thank you so much for having me. Always such a blessing to talk to you guys. You guys are full of so much wisdom and I'm just so honored that you asked me to be a guest. Absolutely. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone you know. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.